TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Beer Show with Chris Reavers and Mike Fratelloni. That's right, live inside the TCL Broadcast Studios. It's the Beer Show here on Score North on 1500. And of course, you can find us online at scorenorth.com and also available on the all new Score North mobile app. For both your Apple and Android devices, my name is Chris Reavers. Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores not here this week, but that's okay because we found an even better replacement. My buddy Mike Garrity is here in studio. Hello, Mike. Hello, radio audience. You are an industry expert and beer beer show fan, but also craft beer connoisseur. So you are a perfect fill-in for Mike Fratelloni. Well, thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. Uh, we start off this show every single week with our friends from Elevated to Beer, Wine, and Spirits. We have a really cool guest, uh, a recurring guest from Drecker, which means we have to put up with Jim for this week. Hello, Jim. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yep, I'm back. Drecker's back. It's awesome. All is good. All right, so before we get into to Drecker and everything cool that's going on with them, because I know that you personally are a massive fan of their beer, let's talk first about the all-new Elevated app. If you're someone like me that really doesn't like inter- inter- talking to people, I just want the beer delivered right to my yep, house. We got How do it. I do that, Jim? Well, we got it on, you know, like we have the apps, Android, Apple, mm-hmm. uh, and you can also do it through the website. Really easy. Postmates ends up delivering it for you. Uh, almost everything in the store is available. Go on there, choose what you want. It'll be there as quick as they can be there, generally 20, 30 minutes, and it's great. So here we go. Mike, you are a guy that shops at Elevated often. You're about, what, a mile, two miles from the Minneapolis store? 1.2. Okay, so all you need to do, just like everybody else and like I have done, go to your app store on your phone, search Elevated Beer, download that app, and what's really cool is, as Jim mentioned, Postmates does deliver, but you get to be you, you pay the same price on the app that you would in store, which is unheard of. And what really yes, separates that's one of the Yeah, there are definitely other services that deliver stuff, but ours are literally the exact same mm-hmm. prices in the store. There is zero difference. Absolutely. So you can get our beer of the month, so you can get all that stuff, uh, same price, which is pretty sweet. Got that, Michael? I got it. I actually went in uh, online, filled out a cart yesterday, but I love going in and talking to you guys. Your whole entire staff is so knowledgeable, so friendly and easy to work with. Um, yeah, they make up for my curmudgeon ways, so... Here's the but best. Yeah, they're great. Here's the best part. So Mike and I have known each other for a few years now, and the one thing that I love about him is his effort into detail. So when I said, "Hey, dude, why don't you come in? Fratelloni's out. Why don't you come in Thursday and do the beer show with me?" He asked, "Awesome, yes, I want to do this. Who's on?" And let him know. He went into the store yesterday and purchased Drecker so he could do his homework on the show tonight. Yeah, unfortunately, quote unquote homework. Yeah, there's not. <laughs> it's been uh, you know, it's hard to find Drecker sometimes. We'll generally have Ecto for sure. Uh, but we've definitely been running out. There's not much there. So you were able to find a couple things, probably some of the anarchy, uh, which before I, I hit a little bit of anarchy to make sure there is going to be some left for the tasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's see, that's Minneapolis. Uh, tomorrow night from 5 to 7, and then in White Bear uh, from 3 to 5 on Saturday. Very so, cool. yeah, we stowed a little that way. You might not have been able to get it. I, I don't know when And it's there, almost but... like your staff follows the Drecker Twitter account and knew every single release that's coming out uh, tomorrow. Well, yeah, well, we're following as they, you know, throughout the week on their release weeks, you know, and we start getting phone calls as soon as you guys do it. I'm like, no, it's next week. But, yeah, so they kind of, you do them, what, every day or twice a day, guys? The release announcements? Yeah, the release yeah, announcements. So we release new beers every other Friday. Mm-hmm. And then the week after the release, we deliver down here 
that Thursday and Friday. That's so, the voice of Mark Bjornstead. He is the founder of Drecker Brewing Company. First of all, welcome back to the show, my well, man. Glad to be here. This is like our highlight of the year. We love coming back here with you guys. Awesome. So one of the things we were t- chatting about briefly in the green room was just what Jim was just saying right now. You know, kind of that you guys are almost one of those cool hidden gems where people are, you know, where can I get this? I need to get this now. And, you know, if Jim doesn't hoard it all for himself and I actually want to go into Elevated, um, I do want to know a couple of things because... You guys, for me anyway, I really did not like sour beers at all when I was first exposed to them, just purely through this show. But you guys, to me, are one of those breweries that really perfected the sour beer and and one that made me a fan of that particular style. We love sours, and I think you're right. It's kind of one of our wheelhouse styles, and we get that same reaction that you had from a lot of people. They come in and say, I I, I usually don't like sours. I've had a couple I didn't like, so I I don't drink those anymore, and... One thing that we always try and explain to people is that sours are not really a style. It's a whole world of beers. Sure. There's amazing things that you can do in sours. And what we love uh, about sours is there's crazy flavor combinations and things that we can create and explode in a sour ale um, that really open up all new avenues in the world of beer. So remind me, what year is this for you guys now? Uh, A little over five. Okay. When you started out on this mission, was that the intent that you wanted this to be? I mean, was that a, was that the style of beer that you personally were a fan of and set out to really perfect? You know, if, if I said we had a plan <laughs> and we're anywhere close to that, I'd be lying. Okay. You know, I, I think our vision for when we started and still to who we are today, we know who we are and who we want to be and the type of experiences we want to create. Um, but we leave it open for next year. We might be making all different types of beer. We don't. I, I have no idea what the future of beer is going to lead, cool. but I know what we want to do and who we want to be in that world, so we'll find our place. Michael? Yeah, one thing working in and around the industry, just going through your tap list and the ingredients, it looks like you've spent an incredible amount of time curating and finding quality ingredients. For instance, finding Madagascar vanilla, making that choice over Mexican or Tahitian vanillas. Um, uh, can you... Tell me, just a, talk to us just a little bit about what goes into and drives your passion for quality. Yeah, I mean, quality is everything in the craft beer industry. You know, people are people are expecting a certain level of of ingredients, of of quality, of an experience that we're trying to provide for them. And when we're looking for the beers and the experiences we want to create, we need to be using the best ingredients um, and flavors we can get our hands on. So when we look at and source ingredients, you know, it's all over the place with. Uh, what t- parts of the world, what suppliers, what processes you know they're using to create these ingredients and then how we get them. And then the technical aspect in the brewery is how do we take that ingredient and get it into the beer You in our proprietary process? How do we make that flavor come through? We love sourcing those ingredients and we, um, you know, we'll bring in not just Madagascar, like from one supplier, we'll bring in Madagascar Vittle beans from multiple suppliers smell them all, see which ones we like, taste them, see how they work out, and then, you know, end up picking the one that we thought was absolutely the best. Drucker Brewing Company, the guest here on The Beer Show, courtesy of our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. In the green room earlier, you guys were really nerding it up, which I found fascinating, but I'm generally curious. You were saying how sour is almost a different, completely different world than brewing. Give me the the dumb dumb version because that's what I am. What is the key difference between sour brewing and and just regular brewing in general? We get to have this discussion every time. I the know difference between full culture kettle and all the this is See, great. I can't yeah. use verbiage like that, Jim. You know I'm stupid. So <laughs> what do you, what do you consider actually even to start are, for the people that do know 
So are these smoothie sours, like the squeezes of the world and brains, are they going to be in the kettle sour, or are they in their own category altogether? Um, I, they started out as a kettle sour, you know, style, uh, and then now brain squeeze uh, is still in that realm. Brains and chonk, those series of sours have kind of left the realm of what is even really traditionally thought of as beer or even a sour anymore. But what we're doing in a sour ale is um, we're using another microorganism in that beer aside from yeast to create another layer of flavor. And what we're using is a lactobacillus bacteria usually, same thing that you'd use to make yogurt. Hmm. And as that acts in the beer, it creates this nice lactic acid, a few other things, builds this acidity. And I like to think of it as more of a tartness rather than a sourness. Okay. Um, and then we're usually doing some sort of herb or ingredient and oftentimes fruit combination with that. And then that nice tart sour beer base combines with strawberry, guava, raspberry, and then those two together just kind of explode. So I'm guessing, and I probably know the answer to this, but I'm going to guess that it's pretty easy to screw up a sour ale in that you have to be really fine with you know the the, the chemical equation that you're trying to put together, whereas you probably have a, a little bit more leeway when you're doing, say, a regular IPA. Is that fair? Well, it's surprisingly easy to screw up any beer. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You know, it, it, That's why I don't <laughs> brew beer, by the way, because I get asked that about 100 times a year. Well, we, always, we always tell people, well, we're the professionals, and we are professionals at screwing up beer. <laughs> you know, we, we're always creating a new process and finding ways that we're never going to do it again. But in the sour world, what it really comes down to is, you know, in a normal ale or lager, you're trying to control a natural process and one natural organism, the yeast. And in a sour ale, we're introducing multiple and other natural organisms. So now we've got a whole nother natural process that we don't have as much control over, but that's part of the art and science of brewing is a little bit of finesse and then a little bit of science to try and exert our control and drive that beer to where we want it. Michael. Well, I'm wondering what uh, kind of drove your curiosity uh, for experimentation and how did you develop that as a culture within your company where failure was an accepted thing that you could thrive off of eventually. Maybe Whitney should. Hi, Whitney. Hi. Okay, repeat the questions. So I make sure I answer. <laughs> okay, okay. By the so, way, this is Whitney Mira. You are the brand manager for Drecker Brewing Company. Yep. Um, how do you, within your culture and your company, celebrate the failures so you can get to some of these masterpieces that you guys create? Wow. That's that's why he's here, because he asked the hard-hitting questions. Pawn that off on me. <laughs> um I think I think with with us at Drecker, we're not afraid to fail. I think is the biggest thing. It's like if we do, we just kind of like you said, we just kind of embrace that and we roll with it and we learn from it and we move on. Like we don't sit and dwell on it. It's things happen. We know that we're all learning. It's whether it's with a beer or whether it's with how we're doing sales or you know I do a lot of projection stuff. So sometimes the things that we're working on and, and expanding and growing on don't always work and. It's okay for it to not be right the first time. I yeah, think that's the biggest thing. And, and most of us have kind of just, we're cool with that and we support each other in that. That's awesome. And kind of what drove my question was, I was looking at your Barrel Age series and noticed uh, some similarities in the in the ingredients and thought, wow, these people are really experimenting with it. And you just happen to hit on maybe three or four of them in a row. And uh, I, I just thought that was something that stood out to me about your company. Yeah, I think experimentation is something that we are like we are just in love with 
messing around with the beers and experimenting and trying different things. And even if it, even if we're doing a beer that looks pretty normal from the outside, that might be an actual experiment for a beer that we've got planned three years down the road. And we're just trying to figure out a little ingredient and that's one piece of the puzzle. And then another beer later, we'll have this other secret experiment in it. And all of those things build up to now us having the right information or the right mistakes that we learn from to creating something else. And it's a constant process. That sounds like your can art, but that's a, <laughs> but I think you have to do something, but we might want to get that later. But yeah, Actually, all this stuff hidden in that can art, that's a whole nother ballgame. mistakenly transitioned right to what I wanted to go to. Gross. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends at Dasco Label. I got an email from Murray uh, three days ago. It says, hey, Reavers, I love the podcast. And I think you guys had a label maker at the beer show event at 30 Bales. I can't remember the company's name. First of all, Murray, thank you very much for listening to the show and supporting the beer show and the Garage Logic podcast. I'm talking about Dasco Label. Uh, they are, they're up in Blaine and uh, they have been in business for over 60 years. They started this really cool new kind of almost side project to bring uh, labeling in house because they're beverage labeling experts. Maybe what you need is a rush order of custom labels for your new seasonal brew. Well, Dasco is going to be able to work with you to maximize your brand's potential. As I mentioned earlier, they are local and family owned and operated. Mostly, they're here to help you and your brewery grow because guess what? They are huge craft beer fans just like you and just like me. You can learn more online right now about how they can help you from the creative development to everything labeling at Dasco.com. That's D-A-S-C-O.com. Dasco, local labeling solutions for all things beverage. Make sure you tell Will and Katie that the beer show sent you today. All right. Well, that wasn't planned. Not at all. I don't, I'm not That's speaking for you. I don't know are. where you get your labels and so whatever. But, I do want to talk about the labeling uh, featured at Drecker. And maybe this is a Whitney question. Maybe this is a Mark question. I'm not sure. But as a brand manager... That's one thing that really helps you guys stand out, whether I'm going to elevate it, looking, because I appeal in what has now become such a hyper competitive industry in craft beer. Yes, you need to be making really great craft beer. There's no question about that. But it's the initial eye appeal that's going to make you guys stand out because the artwork on your cans alone is just incredible. Yeah, I think what we're really going for is we're not making just beer alone. We're not a beer company in itself. We're, we're trying to create experiences, whether it's fun ingredients or cool styles. Um, but the other element to us is the the labels themselves and the brand we're doing that we want this to be a fun brand that people can look at the artwork, see something cool in there um, and, and, and get another layer of that experience. And so we're creating art and craftsmanship on the inside and we want that same art and creativity to be on the outside of the can too. Shout out to your artist. Yeah, that's who punch, is it? That's Punch Gut. Punch Gut. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does so, Punch Gut do tattoos? His brother is a phenomenal tattoo artist. No way. <laughs> yep. Is that is that his background? Uh, so where Punch Gut got started was really kind of in that gig poster underground world. Oh, cool. um, he's a phenomenal artist. He's a phenomenal doodler. Um, he's a phenomenal graffiti guy. Um, and he started out doing these just awesome gig posters. He now has relationships with major bands, groups from across the country, and he like they're friends of his now, and he just does gig posters for a tour or a show now and then. But this is now ten years later, and he's an incredibly accomplished. Is he a Fargo native? Yep, he's wow, a Fargo native, cool. friend of ours. Um, and when we were thinking up the idea of the brand that we had, which really was this fun, cheeky, macabre kind of style, we were really thinking like 
90s skateboard deck meets Pogs. 100%. And yeah. the only person we wanted doing our stuff was And Punch the first God. beer I saw was Wheeze the Juice. So you want 90s? You got a little Pauly Shore <laughs> reference yeah. in there. Yeah. You got creepy skulls and everything else. And then there, I, there's some really cool articles out there about him. There's one especially. What what publication is that in to give kind of the Punch Gut Drecker story? Yeah, so we, we just had an article published in craftbeer.com, which is like the major consumer publication of the Brewers Association. And uh, it was a really fun article that we did with them talking about the collaboration that we have working with Punch Gut and what what we do with our work, what the process is, how we come up with things, and, and why we put so much emphasis on what's outside the can, not just what's outside I don't want to generalize, but I'm picturing Punch Gut as the kid in the back of the classroom when we're doing some boring thing on geography and he's doodling in his notebook and ends up turning it into a successful business. Yeah. That was him, wasn't it? He's the kid that's perpetually cooler than you. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Michael, go ahead. Uh, well, I give um, almost an unrelated transition that I've been kind of thinking about. All right. Um, and it's it has to do with your community efforts. Uh, right away when I went to DreckerBrewing.com, I noticed the Viking theme, um, noticed the wonderful brew hall, which we can talk about. But the thing that really stood out to me was Unpillage and your community efforts. And uh, my day job, I'm a school teacher, inner city school teacher. I've been for a long time. And uh, for me, community efforts uh, is just a huge thing. Cool. It made me really, really excited to come talk to you guys and hopefully give you some airtime on, uh, on just... I'm just talking about what drove that and and what do you hope to see and how can that grow? Well, no, thanks for this opportunity because it, it is really fun and it's really important to us. Uh, we started the brewery because we're townies from Fargo and we love that place and we want it to be a cool place. We wanted to add something to it, but we also want to raise our families there. We want to grow there. We want to we want this to be a, a sustainable community. So we wanted to make sure that we were taking care of the community that in the end takes care of us too. Sure. We live and die by the support of our customers and fans. So we want to give back too. And where the unpillage idea came from is it's that whole, you know, we're a Viking themed or heritage brewery and Vikings made a little bit of a mess about a thousand years ago. And we're here to clean that up and we just want to come help. And what we try and do is just find fun ways that we can give either, um, that we can help an organization or help them get funding or get their name out there. And what we do is the unpillage program really as a base starts as a, um, like a monthly happy hour where we invite in uh, an organization for that month. They come in, they get the little bit of the platform inside the tap room to get in front of people. Maybe it's explaining what their organization does. Maybe it's finding volunteers. And then throughout the course of that event, we donate a dollar from every beer back to that organization and then when we do tours every month or during the on the weekends at the brewery, we do that as a free will donation, and that's all given to that uh, to the organization of the month. So every cool. month we pick a new organization, we try and give back to them. And I think the culmination of of that program really um, was a fun project we did in December, where we're trying to find ways to grow our circle of impact and find other allied businesses that have the same philosophy, the same passion for the community as us, and one of our best partners is our bank. You know, we takes a lot of money to start a brewery and everything. Absolutely, and we've yeah. got an amazing bank, and that's Bell Bell Banks. They're here in Minneapolis. Yep. Um, they're a phenomenal Fargo company that has been like really business mentors on how you treat people and how you treat customers in your community to us. So we partnered with them where we did a unpillage. A, we called it a, a pay it forward porter, and we did it at their Christmas party. We had big. Uh, 
uh, big events at the brewery, and a dollar from every beer that was sold um, from this pay-it-forward porter for the whole month of December was matched by us at Drecker Brewing Company and then Bell Bank. Um, and I think we're meeting next week to give those um, give those funds away to the um, to boys sign the and, check over yeah. yep, to the Boys and Girls Ranch um, in Fargo. And so cool. now we're finding other companies to work with and you know expand that culture and really try and just make sure that we're living in an awesome and cool place to live. Well, and I can attest to I've done some charity events with Bell Bank and I can't speak highly enough of of what they do both in the community I'm in Fargo but also here in the Twin Cities. They do a they 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 do such a great job of really focusing on just what you were speaking of. So I I I concur with what you said about I Bell. I think that there's something really special about a bank when they not only just teach their customers about finances and money, yep. but teach them how to be stewards in the community. Yep. And that's what Bell does. Uh, if people maybe hear that and they want to support, can they do that through the website or anything like that? How, how would they How would they go about that? Or, With or maybe Village? No, yeah, exactly, through your program. Yeah, so come into the brewery. Um, we send out kind of volunteer requests every once in a while where we're doing a project. Um, there's kind of always something going on, and usually that's popping up on any of our social feeds. You'll see it there. Cool. Uh, Drecker Brewing Company, the guest here on The Beer Show. We do have two tastings this weekend, as Jim mentioned earlier. Uh, that would be tomorrow from 5 to 7 p.m. at the South Minneapolis location. That is at Hiawatha and 42nd. Unfortunately, you're going to have to say hi to Jim when you go in there. I'll be there. This Saturday Sorry. from 3 to 5 p.m., you can go up to White Bear Lake uh, from, like I said, 3 to 5 on Highway 61 and 4th Street in downtown White Bear Lake. And you get to sample Drecker Brewing for free. Jim, it's a no-brainer. Yes. Yes, definitely a no-brainer. I mean, if you're going to step you get to go see the owner, you yep. get to see Whitney, who Whitney's awesome, even though Mark doesn't let her talk. I know, I was going to ask about <laughs> uh, that. I mean, I was talking to Whitney ahead of time, and I was saying, maybe Whitney has to have equal uh, mic time, but uh, Mark Mark didn't oblige. All right. But yeah, go t- check us out, the tastings, come meet these guys, drink some amazing beer. All right, definitely. so let's step aside for just a brief moment. We'll come back uh, with the Drecker Brewing Company and our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Mike Fredolone will be back with us again next week. His name is Mike Garrity, and we'll be right back. Do not touch that radio dial. You're listening to The Beer Show live on Score North on 1500. And, of course, online, we are scorenorth.com. Welcome back to the Beer Show here on Score North. My name is Chris Reavers. Mike Fratelloni will be back with us again next week. Substituting is my good buddy and craft beer expert, Mike Garrity. hey You're doing a very good job, sir, by the way. Uh, Jim is here with Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities, folks. And uh, Drucker Brewing Company, the guest. Two tastings this weekend, as we mentioned. Friday, 5 to 7. Saturday, 3 to 5. Minneapolis, Wiper Lake, respectively. I feel bad. We've barely touched on the beer with Drecker. I mean, barely touched on the beer. And there's one more place you can check out Drecker this weekend. We totally didn't mention the Beer Dabbler. Oh! The Beer Dabbler. this weekend already? Yeah, that's why they're in town. This weekend's the big winner Beer Dabbler. Oh, wow. So I think one of the most fun beer festivals we go to every year, it's outdoor at the fairgrounds. It's an amazing time. Except for the year where everything froze outside of that. It's, I agree with you because yeah. I, I went, what year did we go? We went, was it three years? Two? You went on the snow year, didn't you? Yeah. When it was like just like an inch. But it wasn't cold. It was, no. it was but very, it was just very nice. insane snow and you could barely get in or out, I think. And Ella? this weekend, it's supposed to be gorgeous. It's yep. in the 40s. So you really lucked out with this. It's the uh, most Minnesota thing you could do. 100% agree. I didn't have tickets and I'm thinking about it. Of maybe even going because it's so nice. I mean, normally it's almost like work being there doing all this. But I mean, the weather... 
and obviously lovely people, maybe. Well, and they do a really good job by putting together these events. And I know this is the one where there's a ton of walk-up because everyone wants to wait to see what the weather's going to be like. So if you guys, what year is this for the Winter Dabbler? Oh, God. I don't know. Uh, Are they at, they're not at 10, are they yet? I would guess, actually, they're probably at 10. Okay. Okay, cool. I, I don't and know. We're, we we're coming Joe in as the reigning Lord Dabbler's champions. Really? We won the we won the cup at the Summer Dabbler. Cool. Congratulations. Now we're rolling in. If we, they've reminded us like eight times we have to remember to bring it from Fargo because <laughs> if we forget it, we can't just run back to is the it Minneapolis here? <laughs> It is not here yet. I'll have to remind them to bring it. We'll yeah. remember. Twice. We'll try. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tickets are still available, I obviously assume. is it? Are they just doing them all online again? At, uh, I don't know. I'll look it up. I'll look yeah, it up. You're asking the wrong people here. Sorry about that. I, I apologize in advance. All right, so let's let's get back to let's get back to beer. You've got one that's coming out tomorrow. Is that correct? We've uh, got four. Oh, four that are coming out. Tomorrow. Four beers that are coming out tomorrow. All right, Whitney. Well, I know I you're looking to this clarify up before intently. you do this. Those yeah. are coming out in Fargo. In Fargo. I so don't cheat us down or like kill them if you come and they're not there yet. Those okay. are there's a. This is what's going to come out for us next Thursday here gotcha. in Minneapolis. Gotcha. Okay. Hit, hit it up. What do you got? Uh, so we've got a couple new beers. We have Cuddle Buddy, which is a double IPA with, let me look here, uh, Mosaic, Sabro, can I see and, the can? and Belma hops. Um, so hazy IPA, super oh, juicy and fruity. It's brilliant. There we better get, be one of these left over for me at 701. Uh, <laughs> I say this every time to my accounts. But this is literally my favorite beer that we've come out with. Really? And Jim knows that I say this all the time, and I genuinely mean it because I just, I feel like every time we come out with something new, it just blows my mind. So, Whitney, let me ask you, because I'm also a haze head. Is that, is that why you're such a fan? Because you're a haze head like me? Yeah, I do love a good hazy IPA. Okay. Um, but this one's really different, too. Um, just the flavors you get off of this from the hop combo and just... What what they did to this beer is something that I haven't really had before. So, nice. and we liked it so much. You're not getting one. God dang it! I knew that was. I'll see happen. you next Thursday. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, but I like this because that I know that style of beer in general is very popular and very trendy. But you know what? It's good. That style of beer is good. So I don't. There's some people that scoff at the notion of, well, I'm not following a trend. But it's smart for you guys to make a beer like that because it's a good style of beer. This was a trend two years ago, and it's it's, it's still ten here. times bigger than it was. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, it's not a trend anymore. This right. is uh, it's an unbelievably fun beer to brew, to create, and come up with. Um, and it's an even better style to drink. You know that from what we can do with that hazy, whether it's oat or wheats that you're using it, you get this awesome soft uh, body to it. And then the way that we do hopping in a hazy IPA is a lot different from a traditional American IPA that's going to be bitter and kind of resinous. This is going to be just juicy and fruity and um, just kind of explosive with those those hop characters. Michael, you had it? Well, yeah. I uh, really noticed like there's not that lingering pine. And the, the head on the beer is just beautiful. It stays the whole, the whole way through the glass. Uh, how, did, how does that happen? So that's from, well, I mean, we always say that foam is like the brewer's fingerprints or thumbprint, that good foam and good head on a beer is a, you know, that's a well-made beer. But in this one, we're using a lot of oats and spelt, um, these kind of higher protein or what we'd call adjunct grains. And they, they build this body and kind of matrix that kind of builds this bigger, softer, fluffier foam on there. Yeah, I have basically a hunk of cotton candy hanging out on top of my... 
uh, beer right now, just foam from the last like 20 minutes. It's insane. And for the layperson, is that kind of the malt bill? Yeah, so those are the grains that we're using in there. We're okay. going to use some standard barley, um, maybe some other specialty barley grains, and then a lot of malted oat or flaked oats, spelt, which is similar to wheat. Um, it's kind of an ancient grain. It's one of our favorites. Do you guys have farmers that are growing like instant, like interesting strains of varietals approaching you and saying, hey, I think this might be great for beer? Well, one of the coolest things about where we live in North Dakota is that North Dakota is the number one producing barley state in the country. I did not know that. And we are wow. across the street, like right right next to North Dakota State University. You might know them as like the reigning champions of all things. I F- had a feeling that FCS was going to come football. up. Yeah, I had a feeling uh, that But was they are come also, for a lot much longer... They're the reigning champions of everything cereal science and barley. Really? Um, they're the preeminent institution, I think, really in the world on barley, malting sciences, all that. So um, we meet with those people on occasion several times, and you know they're always talking to us or wanting to, wanting to chat about beer and what could be changed or what could be grown. And so there's really fun research and things coming out of North Dakota. It, was that... Uh, boom for them. Did they did they have that vision of the craft beer industry is really exploding? We want to capitalize on that, or how did that come about? That's historic. That's really, always okay. Been, I mean, NDSU has always been the preeminent institution. Gotcha for barley. And so, uh, a few years ago, we we worked with uh, them and a Sustainable Agriculture Association to put out a really fun beer with what we called ancient grains. And so we used uh, einkorn and Dillon and spelt. And worked with NDSU on how could we malt these grains or where could we source them. We got to find farmers that were doing this. And um, those are some fun things that we're able to do in our area because um, that's the part of the country we live in. That's cool. Is the farming land. It's funny, too, because you know, obviously, you know, you're Fargo, but I always just you guys are a Minnesota beer, in my opinion. Like, I consider you guys local, even though I know you're in, technically in Fargo. But I think when. All of the founders live in Minnesota. We're actually all Minnesota kids, but Fargo is a border city. We right. and we're Vikings. We don't even respect borders. We, <laughs> we we just take what we want and go where we please. Uh, Drecker Brewing Company, the guest here on the Beer Show, courtesy of Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. In the previous segment, um, you kind of mentioned the growth and the support, not only community involvement but the city of, of Fargo in general. I'm 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 curious, how is that landscape, the the craft beer landscape in Fargo? on par or, or different from the one we have here in the Twin Cities? Because the, the the craft beer consumer, in my opinion, is just so much more educated now than they were five, ten years ago. And everybody's palates have changed. I'm just curious about that that market in general, Fargo. I think Internet makes the whole world a lot smaller. Sure. You know, you find the experts everywhere now. So you don't need to be close to hype breweries or a big city. But, you know, maybe some of the differences we see are, you know, Fargo's – a little bit slower to jump on a trend. They're a little bit more stable. Um, don't get too excited about a flash in the pan. We hate change. Yeah, that's, that's how we're going to keep winning every every national <laughs> yeah, title. We, we, yeah, <laughs> we just we haven't even thought of losing. That would be changing. So, <laughs> right. um, but no, I mean Fargo is a is a great place. You know, it's it's just pretty pretty stable. I wouldn't say we're afraid of change. This we love it the way it is up there. So, what's cool for us is that we play also in Minneapolis, where you know that's all about progress and pushing and boundaries and. Uh, so we get the best of both worlds with these two communities that we kind of feel home in. 
Very cool. Uh, before we go on here, I want to make mention of our friends at 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins, Minnesota, 11th and Main Street in downtown Hopkins, to be exact. Uh, we did a really cool beer show event there a couple of weeks ago. Mike, you were in attendance at that particular event. Uh, Loved uh, it. The service is great. Food is amazing. Smells great once you walk into that place. I had to ask you again, the, the dish you had at the end of the broadcast, what was the name of it again? Oh, I got man, I forgot. It it's like the multi-grain power bowl. Add your own protein to it. Oh. Uh, well, first of all, it had pickled red onion inside of it, which made me just want to... I was going to take it from you. But anyway, uh, check them out online, 30bales.com. Uh, go there, meet, meet Todd and meet Tom. They are the longtime owners of that establishment. They have a phenomenal happy hour, Tuesday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m., a number of $5 menu items, and all of their tap beer is $5 during happy hour. Uh, their brunch on the weekends, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. I took my family there. They made all of us happy, which never, ever happens. Uh, they're also a great spot for lunch. But please, when you go there, make sure you let them know that Reavers from the Beer Show and Garage Logic sent you in 30bales.com in downtown Hopkins is a scratch Midwest kitchen, and they are phenomenal people. I can't speak highly enough. We're beer nerds. They're legitimately food nerds. Yes, absolutely, 100%. All right. Back to Drecker here, uh, talking about basically about you know the Fargo, the community involvement. Let's transition back to uh, beers. You had you said you had four. The strawberry. I'm trying to look here. I'm looking over a microphone. Uh, strawberry and guava. Okay, I want to hear more about that one. So this is brains with ten A's. Okay. Um, so this is one of our we call them. They're basically stupid fruited sours, and. Um, what we've kind of created here is an experience unlike any other beer or beverage you've really had. It's tart, crazy, fruity, pulpy. It's essentially carbonated alcoholic naked juice. Wow. Um, it's incredibly difficult to brew, uh, to to get it into a can, um, but we love it. We're obsessed with these. It's all your daily vitamins in one can. Um, and then people are freaking out for these things. I'm back. Uh, yeah, so I mean, this is the beer that people are even more excited than normal uh, for the Drucker beers. They've been going, they have barely been making it to 5 or 6 o'clock uh, on a Drucker day. You're and, kidding. Yes, on a Thursday. So wow. you got to get in quick, um, you know, and I mean, we limit them still and they go real quick and people are just going nuts. So is and, this is this the kind of beer where they know what time the trucks even get into the store and they time it that way? I get a couple phone calls. You're kidding me. And when I say a couple, we have joked a long time ago that Drecker should send someone down to run the phones for us every Thursday. <laughs> Possibly Wednesday too cuz people just can't wait. And I will I will give Jim credit. He he's not lying. That that's not hyperbole because when I go there, that's you're, they are the first one you always steer me towards even though I don't ask for your help. I'm kidding totally. But you, that they are, and I, I totally get that. Uh, yeah, I mean, for for instance, last week with Flarn, Flarn Dip, is that how you pronounce it? I guess Flarn I never, I mean, it was Conan's. gone so fast. But I mean, it got to the point where you might as well have been like, no, they're not here. Yeah, we're sold out. Okay. No, I mean, it's, it's and, and brains, brain, I don't, you know, however <laughs> you want to say it, uh, definitely is in that same ballpark, and uh, it's different. I've never had anything quite like it. It's not, I mean, I don't know. Like you said, I don't know if it's beer, whatever. I mean, it is it is what it is, and it's delicious, and evidently is made by Drecker. We knew that, and evidently has alcohol in it, which who, it, it's so good it doesn't matter. So, Jim, let me ask you, when, you know, you, you're, you're the manager of the Minneapolis store, when you're, you know, obviously 
deciding when these guys first came to market? Was it because a bunch of people from Fargo had requested it when 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 you finally put them on the shelf? I'm just curious how that kind of fan base grew in the Twin Cities. Well, we we've told the story before once or twice, and and honestly, uh, you guys had come down one time prior, and I had seen it, uh, and uh, I was like, all right, well, this sounds awesome. Um, and it was someone I really respected. I'm like, well, we need them too. And I called Mark and I think Mark called me back within a few minutes and I'm like, all right, good. Well, you know, and it was coming down the next day and I'm like, well, yeah, obviously we won't want your beer at both of our stores, whatever. And he's like, okay. But then he proceeded to sell me on it <laughs> and I still hadn't had Drecker beer yet or anything like that. And then, but he's telling me about the whole thing. Cause I mean, that's how much they care. A, and telling me the whole thing or whatever and go figure I end up being totally on the Drecker train and you know and it just it, it, it was really funny and it just it was perfect you know it took a little bit right away for people to really get the name and it wasn't you know insane right away I mean we've talked before too did I mean you guys were still growing at that time you were definitely not I mean ectogasm had not been had not been released the only hazy beer at that time was wheeze right wheeze the juice and, you know, and then Ecto came out and we talk about like that night I brought home one can of Ecto. We got 24 cans of Ecto and everyone bought like one can. And I brought it home and I was texting with Mark that night. And I'm like, holy cow, you've got something. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is it's a whole nother level. And I had just been back from the East Coast, the home of the New England beers. And then there's this and it's the real deal. And I mean, and then from there, just even watching it from my side and all this other crazy stuff going on in the industry. Drecker's been there and pushing the limits. Um, and not only just in the hazies, the sours, and now, you know, you got the pastry. pastry you don't stouts. do, you do some pastry stouts and essentially are those pastry sours even? What would you call the? We don't even know what they're called. Yeah. Anymore. I mean, we some other monsters. Do we make up a name? Well, so we call, uh, we call brains a smoothie sour. Mm-hmm. We call chonk a, uh, Sunday. Oh, so that's Sunday sour, okay. like Sunday ice cream Sunday. So uh, Mike has a venue question, but before he gets to that, I want to know just just really quickly the the strawberry and guava brains double fruit smoothie sour. Who are you trying to lure in with that style of beer? I mean, are you trying to lure in the the vodka drinker? I, I'm just curious the design of that style of beer. Who are you catering that to? Uh, we were trying to challenge ourselves on on really how how far we could push this fruited sour and what type of a I mean, maybe abomination we could create. Okay. I mean, this is just, like I said, it's it's a a mess to brew. It's an unbelievably difficult beer to even just get into a can. And then getting that into a glass is just, it's truly an experience. Cool. Michael? Uh, well, for people who are history fans, uh, they might love to know that your brewery is in a building that was built in 1883 and used to be a, Man, a, you did a, your a, homework. a railroad station uh the pictures are beautiful can can you tell me more about that and how it's used as an event space yeah so you hit it spot on uh late 1800s was an old like rail car repair station where they drive in the engines and fix them and then put them back on the track we're right next to the track so we have trains going by cool all the time um it's a fun space it's kind of a space that the guys always dreamed of being in and it just worked out at the right time that we could move into that space um, and so it's all of the original windows. Um, we obviously redid everything inside. It was pretty much completely gutted from a fi- few fires. Um, 
it had just been sitting empty for a really long time. And it's a building that everyone in Fargo kind of knew about, but didn't really know much about it. We all knew it was there. We all knew that it was run down and there's nothing there. But um, so we've we're lucky to play a part in bringing life back to that building for sure. Um, and to touch on the event space, uh, obviously we have a lot of room. Uh, we have a few different spots in the brewery in the tap room, um, that we do rent out for special events. Uh, we have events going on almost every day, uh, for people that are, are renting out the space, which is kind of fun. So, and then we do our whole mess of like our own, our own events where we're trying to make a community engagement space and really just, um, excite people around a brand and a fun idea. So last weekend we hosted our second annual hot dish festival, which is, you know what a beer festival is. This is a beer festival. We're serving all different types of hot dish from like 16 of our best friend restaurants in Fargo. And it's such a cool thing to see Fargo come out for this unbelievable Midwest, like cold February Sunday hot dish festival. And so we're doing things like that all year round. So if I had a really good buddy that maybe just got engaged um, and he wanted to have his wedding at this particular <laughs> venue, Mike, Mike, would you know anybody that's in that? Well, you know, my fiance and I have been doing a lot of research on venues, which is what prompted the question. It's a beautiful, <laughs> it's a beautiful space. Here's so. what I love. This is the first time he's come in and he has already learned to use this show as a self-serving platform. That's why I love you, Michael. I only serve her, not myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be good Ching. at this. You're going to be really good at this. Yeah. No, but for real, though, people people are going to wonder about your space. It is super, super nice, and I would love to rent it out if I was near. What can people do? Yeah, so we don't we don't rent the space out to be totally closed down for, like, a wedding. Um, we still see it as really a community living room, that that's the place for everyone to come and enjoy. We don't want to close the doors to people. But like Whitney said, we've got a couple private event areas, you know, like up to 100 people that can fit into those spots. So we don't do weddings, but we do a lot of groom suppers. Oh, there, sure. Right? Which seems a little more appropriate. It's yeah. an easier sell to the bride to be, to have their wedding, to have their groom supper in a brewery, maybe not the wedding in a brewery. All right, about to ask a loaded question, because you guys fall under the jurisdiction of North Dakota, not Minnesota. So can you sell food at your venue? Okay, then that's that's different. Yeah, food licenses and beer licenses totally separate. So okay, what about we, liquor? We can't have. We can only sell what we make. As far as this alcohol. is the beer show, uh, we don't need liquor. So we only sell the beer that we brew on site. <laughs> okay, but as far as food, we can have a restaurant. We can do all that stuff. In our opinion, we're brewers. We have right. a dream about beer. Right. We are food lovers, but we are not. Food makers. Well, and it, it is funny you say that because a lot of people have that same feeling. This is what we we want to concentrate on this because that's what we're passionate about, and also that's what we're good at. When it's also an opportunity for us to an event comes in or wants to host a party and they want to they want to serve food at it. We we love to turn around and say you know hey this is a place that always has us on tap. Yep. They're a great catering restaurant. Perfectly stated. Awesome friends of ours. We got a great business relationship. We invite them in to cater for that event, and you know it just builds a relationship. And that's what we want to do is build up the whole community work with our partners that support us on tap. We support them with catering and you know everybody wins in that. Great. Hey, as guest host here, can I ask him a couple more questions? All right. So, um, I got another culture question. Um, in the five years you've been brewing in North Dakota, what have you seen change in the brewing culture? Oof. Um, in it, like within the brewery or from the the beer scene, just in general, you know, I've I've been to Fargo a few times. I had a chance to go to a couple breweries. Good product, but like, what are you seeing as far as collaboration? Are you know you're working and you're promoting 
the bars and restaurants that are putting you on tap and working really collaboratively. What's that like as intellectual property with other breweries in your area? You know, I think you'll see this a common trend like in the craft brewing industry that I would be pretty comfortable handing the recipe for any one of our beers to another brewery, knowing that it's not going to taste the same as Ectogasm. Not because they're not good at making beer, but just there's so many more things that go into that. Just like they couldn't give me the recipe for their best beer, Mm -hmm. and we couldn't make it taste the same. But what we can do is share some lessons, share some mistakes, share some ingredients that we came across. You know, and that that start that builds a relationship, and that makes us all stronger. That helps us uh, build a better beer community for our fans. You know, people don't want to see us fighting. I don't want to fight with people. I want to get along with people, and I want to I want to have a friend that has had a problem before that I can call. And they can help me out with it. And then when they call me the next week, I'm more than happy to help. That's them. one of the things that I've always truly admired about this industry is the synergy and the, 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 the not collaborative, but you know what I mean? That, that, that does exist. And it's not, it's not, you know, just showing face. It's, it's genuine in this industry. You know, I think crap beer consumers are not entirely loyal to a brewery. We would never expect it. They're promiscuous. They want to try all different types of beer and, when we think about... You saved me half of that can, Jim. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. When, when we think of our brewery friends, you know, we don't want to succeed at somebody else's expense. Sure. We want to succeed you know, off of the shoulders of somebody else, and then we want to turn around and help somebody else um, succeed. So you know, we all we kind of live on that rising tide lifts all boats. That's awesome. I'm going to do a quick transition here. Uh, sorry if it's abrupt there, audience, but I'm really wondering, in the next two minutes, can you talk to me about your water source and how you ensure it's quality? Look at this guy. <laughs> wow. take my job. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's the number one ingredient in beer yep. um, is going to be water, and so we have a very close relationship with the City of Fargo Water Department. Um, they're, they've been great to us. We work together a lot on the quality of the water, and um, just because of the source of Fargo's water, um, it's not an aquifer, it's not a well, it's from the river, um, so it changes substantially um, with the different minerals and things that we're looking at. If it if it rains two inches, you know, 100 miles south of us, that water is going to change big time in the next couple days. And the city of Fargo is always great at letting us know about things that are coming or things that we you know might want to know about and well flooding just in general is has got to be a major concern for the city too it, it's flat and there's nowhere for the water to go but right. it's spread but i remember you saying once i think you test for the water at least twice a day or yeah, something so we, like that so when we do that because of those changes that we know and that close we know we've got a good base water but in some of the beers that we do those different mineral contents are very specific and we have really tight ranges where we like those to be so we build that water for every single beer we do. And so before every brew we do, and we might be brewing two, three, four times a day, we'll run a sample of water, test it for all those um, mineral contents, pH, all the whole list of analytics that we can do. Um, and then we build that water so that it's chemically identical every time we make it. That is so cool. Um, if people are hearing this, they want to find out more information about you guys, all of your releases, uh, everything is available, I would assume, online at the website? No, our website is terrible. We, <laughs> we, we, like I said, we come up with eight new beers every other week. We cannot keep that thing updated. So, so social media. You got to follow Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. You just, yeah. We're going we're gonna to come out with a better website one of these days, but Instagram, Facebook. You got your uh, merch on there, at least. We're selling a lot of merch on the website. Yep, you got that, that when you said <laughs> that. I always gave the web developer a shout-out. I like the format. <laughs> 
But no, but seriously, continued success for you guys. You make incredible beer. You know, you have fans here at the beer show, and uh, uh, keep it up, okay? And thanks for having us again. We like we said we love Minneapolis. We love yeah. the Twin Cities here. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Uh, and as we mentioned earlier, two tastings this weekend. It's the double beer show featured tasting this Friday in Minneapolis, Hiawatha and 42nd from 5 to 7, and Saturday in White Bear Lake from 3 to 5. You get to try Drecker Brewing for free, Jim. And you better do it. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, buddy. Talk to you next time. Absolutely. Thanks. Michael, thank you so much. You did an excellent job. Uh, thanks for having me. It was Almost great. Almost too good. You asked way too good of questions. You're going to have taken my job. But seriously, thanks for coming into Pinch It, my man. You bet. Hope to be back. If you missed any portion of the program, you can always check out the podcast, and you can find it online at scorenorth.com. Please do us a favor and rate and review the show. It helps others find it. For Mike Fredoloni and Mike Garrity, my name is Chris Reavers. We will talk to you again next Thursday night. But until then... Cheers. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division-favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sp- the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.